0: This is the IndyCar Radio Weekend Rewind with Nick Yeoman.
1: Hey there, Verizon IndyCar Series fans. Welcome into another IndyCar Radio Weekend Rewind podcast. As the end of the season stretch run has begun, as we're now just a month away from crowning the 2017 Verizon IndyCar Series Champion. My name's Nick Yeoman. Thanks for joining us. As we entered the ABC Supply 500 race weekend at Pocono Raceway, four drivers were separated by just 17 points. Championship leader Joseph Newgarden was looking to score his third straight win of the season, and drivers like Will Power and Takuma Sato, who scored the pole for the 500-mile race on the tricky triangle, were clinging to any hopes of competing for the title in the season-ending double-points-paying race at Sonoma on September 17th, In what was one of the more wild races of the 2017 season, the ABC Supply 500 featured 590 on-track passes and 42 lead changes among 10 different drivers. It was no doubt a contender for race of the year as we kick off the podcast with race highlights and the weekend winner.
2: Had a good run off of turn number two, carried it off the banking and picked up some momentum. So Ryan hunter Ray, to P2 after starting at the rear of the field. he set sail down the main straightaway. He's all over Alexander
1: Rossi into turn number one. These are those heroic moments that you talk about for generations. Ryan hunter Ray playing hurt and running down his teammate Alexander Rossi. Good run off of turn number one. Here comes Ryan hunter Ray to the inside, Jake. He looks for the lead
3: said that hip was sore, but guess what? No problems now. The DHL machine of Ryan Hunter Ray closing in halfway through this race has taken. Fans have paid attention to what has
2: happened to Ryan Hunter Ray this weekend. We could hear them below us outside of the broadcast booth.
1: When he went to the lead, they stood up and cheered. Ryan Hunter Ray's advantage is about three car lengths over Rossi, another three back to Dixon, then it's about four or five back to Graham Ray. Well, as he continues to get chase those front three, James Hinchcliffe is way out of the groove. He gets sideways, tags the wall. Lots of drivers start to the inside of the racetrack to try to avoid him.
3: Hinchcliffe did not spin, but just he did make contact out of turn one. And you can see that debris come up. Hitchcliff's now on the outside of the racetrack. Several hit by him. It includes Tony Cunard. Charlie Kimball not going to be able to do so. So it appears as though that number five machine of James Hitchcliffe stays on pace. Well, this place could jump up and bite you in a hurry. Man, one small mistake, and it, it lets you know right away. But Hitchcliffe did an amazing job to save that car. It looked uh, to be utterly destroyed at one point, but he managed to get it back and just touched the wall with that right rear bumper pod. As he continues, I assume the damage must be minor, if any.
1: Turn one, Nick Yobas. Sebastian Saavedra has hit the wall at the exit of turn number one. He had jumped to the outside to avoid one of the ABC supply cars that had just come off a of fit lane. Saavedra got way up and out of the group. He slapped the wall
3: twice, and now Jake will slowly limp his way down to turn number two. We got problems at turn number
1: one. It's a two car accident as James Hinchcliffe has made contact with J.R. Hildebrand. Hinchcliffe hit the hardest as that car swapped 180 degrees around. He backed in hard into the Turn 1 wall. Both of those cars have slipped to the bottom of the racetrack. The Homatro safety team is pulling up on the scene right now, but that was a heavy, heavy accident as both of those drivers make contact in Turn 1. He waited a couple laps. Will Power wants no changes to that car. Filling it full of Sunoco
2: Racing fuel. 7.6 seconds. Will Power is down and away,
3: and here comes the field on a Turn number 3 great stop for Power.
2: He's got a little bit better advantage than Joseph Newgarden did a
1: couple of laps ago. Nick Gilman, I think he's going to be able to get up to speed. Wow, Team Pinsky might have called this one absolutely perfectly once. He was a lap down. Now he's got a massive lead. Will Power already cleared Jake of turn number one. Here comes the rest of the field as they are more out of turn one as well. Remember when he had that Issue about fifty laps ago. That seems like a faded memory.
3: Will power your leader. Huge gap after that. Then got and Alexander Rossi and But Will Power set sail already now on a turn number three. This time by, three laps to go for Willpower at Pocono. Those two Americans, Newgarden and Rossi, they
1: are running out of time. They've got to work together. Further back, a change to the fourth position. Simon Pagino picks up some valuable points as he gets around Tony Canon. Front three, though, heading to turn number two with two and a half laps to go. Sun dances off the top of that silver
3: Verizon machine, and just behind it, that black Fitzgerald Glider kit of Joseph Newgarden. Power darts to the bottom of the racetrack, and Newgarden... Martin and Rossi stay high. Will Powers double leader through three. Yeah, why not, Jake? Uh-
2: Power moved to the bottom of the racetrack, disrupted the air just a little bit. Newgarten lots of momentum. He can't gain it back, as a matter of fact. Rossi with a strong move now into turn number one. But Rossi's not close enough to move to the inside.
1: He takes that 98 car, about a half a group to the inside. He peeked to the inside of Joseph Newgarden, but he couldn't get there. Good
3: run for Newgarden, though, so out of turn number two. Jakey's closing on power, heading to the tunnel turn. Joseph Newgarden tried to reel in the man that won this race a year ago, the Australian Will Power happens to be his teammate. Newgarden again sees his teammate go to the bottom of the track. Sparks fly underneath. Will Power holds on to the lead. Will Power likes the bottom
2: of the racetrack. His car performing well there. He pulls away from Newgarden a little bit. White flag is out. Will Power leave Joseph Newgarden and Alexander Rossi into turn number one? Can the
1: driver from Australia hold on for one final lap around this two and a half mile triangle? Will Power arcs it into turn number one. He went a little high. Newgarden's as close as he's
3: been all day long. Out of turn number one, here comes Newgarden Jake. A car length and a half on the final lap. Will Power trying to hold off his teammate Joseph Newgarden. They look like a single car entering turn number two. Power this time To the bottom of the racetrack, Newgarden goes with him, sand flies up, Newgarden to the outside, Mark James, Howard Newgarden, who's going to win? Will Power looks strong up of turn number three, and he's going to pull away down the stretch, Quick Checkers out, Will Power will go to victory
2: lane in Pocono, he wins the ABC Supply 500, Joseph Newgarden settled for second, Alexander Rossi is third, Simon Pagino is fourth, Tony Godot can place the top five.
4: Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, the car had a lot of speed in that stint where we we uh, stayed out for a long time. I mean, we got we were doing 217s and just pump, just closing that gap, and that gave us a big lead. Um, guys in the pits were awesome, changing rear wings, front wings, tires. Um, yeah, it's ecstatic. Can't can't
1: thank Verizon enough, Chevy enough. Uh, fantastic day. So it was Will Power who holds off a pair of young American talents to score his third win of the 2017 season, going back-to-back on Pocono's tricky triangle. Pretty amazing to think the driver, once known as a road course specialist, has become one of the truly masterful drivers on large ovals such as Pocono. Power's ability to evolve over the years and become one of the more well-rounded drivers in the sport Has really helped him cement his place among one of the elites in the history of IndyCar racing. Despite running down the Aussie and eliminating what at first seemed like an impossible gap, Joseph Newgarden and Alexander Rossi would have to settle for second and third after the ABC Supply 500. First off, congrats to Will. You know what a great job that he did. Um, Good day for Team Penske. I hate giving up a win. You know, I don't don't know that we gave it up, but we didn't. We obviously didn't secure it, and it, it always stings, but. It's a great day for us in the points.
3: Um, it looked like you had some real pop in the last 20 laps. Did you guys make a change at the end? Because you really, really brought the fight to them.
1: Uh, yeah, we were all right. But, you know, like I was saying, we, you know, it was a good day for us in points. And, uh, you know, real, real happy to have Fitzgerald back in the car. They're here this weekend. So we we're hoping we could do well for them. They're Tennessee guys. And uh, we love having them on Team Penske. But it's just still a great day for us A Team Penske victory. I think we had three in the top five there. So, you know, pretty
4: good weekend overall it was difficult. I mean, I didn't have full power at the end, and, and we know these Honda engines have something for the Chevy. So it's unfortunate that we didn't have it, um, but, you know, the, the two cars in front of me did a good job. Um, the military motorsports car was, was awesome all day. We led a lot. Napa Know-How crew did a great job in the pits, so um, we can be happy with that.
1: All right, so what does this mean now with just three races to go in the 2017 Verizon IndyCar Series Championship? Uh, Joseph Newgarden came into the race weekend at Pocono with a slim advantage uh, it's a little bit healthier now at 18 points back to Scott Dixon. 18 points can be made up pretty quickly, though. Uh, another 22 points back to Elio Castro Neves, who falls from second to third in the standings. Simon Pagenaud still right there in fourth, 26 points back with the win. Will Power stays in fifth, but he closes to now just 42 points. After his third win of the season. And then you've got drivers that are kind of falling out of contention. Graham Rahal is sixth in points, 76 points back. Takuma Sato, despite winning the poll for the ABC Supply 500, could not find his way into the top 10. He's now 95 points back. And Alexander Rossi's podium brings him to within 100 points of the lead. So it's all of a sudden kind of looking like a five-horse race now. We talked about it over the last couple of weeks. That top four that were separated by just 17 points coming in. I think it's time to add willpower into the mix as all four Team Penske drivers look like they've got a shot uh, with three races to go to get right back into this championship and maybe take home the title in Sonoma. Well, before we put a nice shiny bow on the race weekend in Pocono and look ahead towards August 26th, Bomarito Auto Group 500 from Gateway Motorsports Park in the St. Louis area, IndyCar Radio pit reporter Dave First had a chance to catch up with three legends of the sport to talk about how tricky it is racing on that triangle in Pennsylvania. If it's Pennsylvania... It's definitely
0: an Andretti. We're sitting here watching Marco Andretti, Ryan Hunter Ray, uh, of course, Michael Andretti keeping uh, things in charge of what's going on with the 28. Do you love coming back to Pocono? What does this place mean to your family?
4: Well, it definitely it's great to be back. I and mean, we're only a half an hour from Nazareth, which uh, obviously this makes this our, our home race, which is huge. And... Uh, on top of it it's a great racetrack it's just uh as a driver it's really fun to drive and i think for the fans it gives a, a, a great show so uh you know it's always good coming here
0: you know set up and balance is so key with these cars how do you manage that though at a track that has three distinctly uh, different corners
4: in, in reality it's just a compromise you know it's hard to get it perfect uh, you know when you get it right in Turn one, it messes up turn three if you get it perfect. So you got to you gotta live with something that's not quite perfect all the way around. Is there a favorite corner for you here? Uh, I don't know. I guess turn one. You know, you got to really suck it up when you're going down there after that long straightaway.
0: Great to have champion Alan T. Jr. back here at the Tricky Triangle as well. We're just reminiscing about the 80s and what. You were here from what, 83 to
5: 89? 83 to 89. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>
0: What uh, what was that track like back? Much much more bumpy than it is now.
5: Oh yeah, it was it was pretty rough and uh, and I remember the the boilerplate being the wall around the outside. That's it,
0: crazy. Look back on it now, my goodness.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. And pit lane, you had to be careful leaving pit lane. Back in the day, we didn't have speed limits, and so back we take off and and there was chances of spitting drive shafts out and all that kind of stuff so you had to be careful it, it was rough yeah it was rough
0: you really earned your paychecks back then
4: i uh, you know no different than these guys here i mean it uh you know you start running 200 mile an hour at, at pocono and and uh yeah it, it it gets your attention
0: here with Ari usually up in race control you came down here to check things out a little bit and you would think I am mean, I would think two-time Mini 500 champion love going fast I thought you would have done pretty well here at Pocono but you're saying what
4: I didn't do do so well but just thinking about it uh, as we are uh, waiting to go on uh, online here I finished fourth in the 500 uh, the Pocono 587 at a decent race but uh I had my first injury in IndyCar that was here. I had some, uh, uh, I bruised my legs, um, my ankles were, uh, I had some hairline fractures in them I didn't have to be operated on, but I was on crutches for uh, six weeks, so uh, that happened here in uh, Pocono. And then uh, I believe one year I was pretty quick, but we dropped out.
0: So you hate coming back to Pocono then?
4: No, no, no. Because <laughs> In fact, back then, I really liked the track. I liked the, uh, the three different t- turns. You had to really uh, have, you know, you had to have a compromise on your setup, because each turn is so different. And the tunnel turn back then was really exciting. I mean, it was really bumpy. And to take it flat, that really only happened in qualifying when you, uh, when you really went for it on new tires.
0: The whole track was bumpy. In fact, you were telling me that uh, bolts and stuff would come off the old fencing that was around this facility.
4: Yeah, there was just a lot of stuff that would uh, accumulate behind that uh, uh, boiler plate. And then when the cars would drive around, that stuff would work itself loose. And uh, back then we had a lot of punctures, but obviously uh, they fixed up the track really well. So it's a great facility right now. And we're all
0: honored to be back at this facility as well. How difficult is this place to figure out?
4: I think it's very difficult because turn three is flat with no banking, and then you get turned with a ton of banking. I don't know how much banking. And then uh, turn two is kind of in between, so it's like I said. I say
0: it's like Indianapolis, but maybe not?
4: I don't know about that. No, it's a bit different because you have a, quite a big difference between turn three and turn one as far as banking and setup.
1: Michael Andretti, Al Unser Jr., and Ari Dyke all chatting with Dave First this past weekend at the ABC Supply 500 as the three legends of the sport reminisce about racing at the Tricky Triangle. Well, speaking of the Unser's, Donald Davidson is back with another moment in motorsports history as he profiles Big Al, Al Unser Sr., a four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500.
6: What a year Al Unser had in 1970. This was the last year in which the 100 mile races on dirt tracks counted towards what was then the USAC National Championship. And of the 18 races on the circuit that year, five were on dirt. There were also three events on road courses. After the first eight races of the year, Al was the only driver to have won twice, the single winners being Dan Gurney, Lloyd Ruby, Joe Leonard, Bobby Unser, Mario Andretti, and Gary Bettenhausen. Then Al went to work. He won in succession at Indianapolis Raceway Park on the road course, Springfield, Illinois on the dirt, and then the Milwaukee 200 the following day for three in a row. He almost made it four with the Ontario 500, but he dropped out of that one with a mechanical failure while leading with 13 laps to go. And after a topsy-turvy final few laps, Jimmy McAreeth came home the winner. The very next day, after Ontario, Monday, Labor Day, they were back in Illinois for the Dirt Track 100-miler at DuQuoin. Five days after that, at the Indiana State Fairgrounds for the Rougie 100, followed by another Dirt Track race over in Sedalia, Missouri, a 200-miler on the mile-and-a-half at Trenton, and yet another dirt track 100-miler at Sacramento, California. Those last five were all won by Al Unser. And if it hadn't have been for a last-minute failure at Ontario, he would have won nine in a row. As it was, he ended the season with 10 wins in 18 starts, including the Indianapolis 500, the road course event at Indianapolis Raceway Park, one each at Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Trenton, And all five on the dirt. This has been Donald Davidson with another moment in motorsports history. Get your tickets for the 102nd running of the Indianapolis 500. Go to ims.com or call 1-800-822-4639.
1: A wonderful job, as always, by the historian of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Donald Davidson, as he tells you about that miraculous 1970 season for the four-time Indy 500 winner, Al Unser Sr. Well, next up on the Verizon IndyCar Series schedule, it is a return trip to Gateway Motorsports Park for the final race on an oval for the 2017 Verizon IndyCar season. I'm really excited. I've never been to Gateway before. And I know a lot of folks from all corners of the Midwest are going to be making their way to the St. Louis area to watch Indy cars racing at Gateway. Chris Blair, the executive vice president and general manager of Gateway Motorsports Park, joined Mark James this past weekend as the two preview the Bomarito Auto Group 500 on August 26th at Gateway Motorsports Park.
2: For seven years, open-wheel racing at uh, Gateway Motorsports Park for cart. Then the IRL, those banners took turns flying over the facility. Uh, The last race there in 2003 of the IRL when Elio Castro Neves won. The executive vice president and general manager, Chris Blair, joins us. And, Chris, thanks for the time. Is it safe to label this Christmas in August for you and your staff and your title sponsor, the Bomberito Auto Group with Open Wheel Racing, returning to Gateway?
5: And I tell you what, it, you know, we announced this uh, event 52 weeks ago, uh, and we've been busy every single day for the last year getting ready for it. And it's one of those things we're excited to see it come Uh you know, I'm, I'm just uh, – the, the day after, it's going to be like the day after Christmas. It's going to be pretty depressing, uh, but we know we've got another year till the next one. But, no, it's, uh, it's been going great. The promotion has been incredible. The response from our fans is incredible, and uh, we think it's going to be a fantastic event. I just looked at the weather forecast a few minutes ago, and at that uh, green flag, it's going to be 78 degrees, partly cloudy. Uh, I couldn't ask for anything better for an August race. Could you have found a better business partner than the Bomarito Auto
2: Group? I mean, they have jumped in feet first and, and been right there, shoulder to shoulder, promoting this thing with with you for the last year.
5: Oh, i tell you what, it's, it's amazing. And they're very well known here in St. Louis, biggest advertiser in the St. Louis market. They love racing. They've been going to IndyCar races with us uh, for a couple of years leading up to this. Uh, and they've done an incredible job. And that's one of the things I'm hearing throughout the industry here locally. Everybody's talking about what a great job everyone at Bomarito is doing uh, for this event. Uh, uh, it's uh, I was stopped at a gas station yesterday, and I was driving one of the Bomarito vehicles. I had five different people come up to me and ask me about the race just in the time I was there getting gas. So that we're getting the word out. A lot of people know about it, not only here in our market, but regionally. Uh, you know, it's it, it, they're fantastic to work with. They're involved in every single detail of everything that we're doing. They've spent a lot of time in a lot of races this year. I know you folks have talked to them quite a few times on radio. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better sponsor. They're really elevating the game of what a uh, relationship between a sponsor and a track in promoting an event. It truly is a joint effort.
2: The intention is not for the Verizon IndyCar Series to roll into town on Thursday or Friday, and then and then just simply leave Saturday night. Tell folks uh, how excited you are about the St. Louis Speed Festival running from now till till race night.
5: Yeah, it kicked off last night. Uh, we had uh, the Run at the Raceway, uh, Go St. Louis Marathon. Uh, well over a thousand runners were out here participating in that event. Right now we have two events going on here at the track. Uh, the Big Shark Bicycle Company is having the Cycle of the Raceway event. Cars and Coffee is having an event here as well. Uh, you know, tomorrow we have a carding for kids. It's going to take place after the eclipse tomorrow. We get fundraiser for a great children's charity here in the St. Louis area. Tuesday night is a theme night with the Cardinals, which is we're all very excited about that. First time they've ever had an IndyCar theme night. Uh, then on Wednesday our American Cancer Society golf tournament, uh, ballpark village on Thursday for our fan fest then Coors Light pole night here. Then. We roll into race day. So we, one of the things we wanted to do in going into this is we wanted to create an awareness about the whole region, everything we're doing here at the track, bring a lot of the groups that we work with together under one umbrella. And you know, the folks in Indy, they've been doing it right for well over 65 years with the 500 Festival. Uh, you know, we tried to start a smaller version of that and hope it's something that will continue to grow year after year so that when people come to town, they know it's more than just a race, it's an event.
2: Plenty of options for fans, multi tier pricing, and uh, even add ons to enhance the experience a little bit. Touch on that briefly and then give folks the web address where they can get that ticket information.
5: Yeah, one of the things we wanted to make sure is that it was very affordable for the entire family. Ticket prices starting out at $35, which is actually cheaper by $3 than the cheapest. Uh, uh, ticket when Cart was here 20 years ago. So we want to make it affordable for everyone. Adult tickets for general admission start at $35. Kids 15 and under are free on a general admission ticket, or they can get an upgrade to a reserve seat. Uh, our reserve seat prices: we have a silver level which is $55. We also have our gold level, which is a little 75 for the gold level ticket, uh, and those are just about sold out. Our silver levels are going fast. Uh, you can get the paddock passes, uh, so you can go down and visit the paddock. Uh, we've got a lot of great activities taking place, uh, lots of parking, different parking options available for everyone. All you have to do is go to gatewaymsp.com, gatewaymsp.com uh, to get more information and uh, figure that out. And another thing that we're doing, which is kind of unusual, a whole new concept, is the Bomarito Automotive Group app it will have all the racing information that you would also find on our website. So go to your uh, your app store and download load the Bomarito Automotive Group app, and it will give you all the updated uh, race day information that you need for enjoying a day at the races here at Gateway Motorsports Park.
2: Saturday night, August 26th, the return of the Verizon IndyCar Series, Gateway Motorsports Park. Executive Vice President and General Manager Chris Blair. Congratulations, Chris, on a job well done. We just need to put it in the hands of Mother
5: Nature now, and hopefully we have a great weekend weatherwise. Well done. Well, thank you so much. And i tell you what, this wouldn't be possible without the great folks like Mark Miles, Jay Fry, everybody over there at, uh, at IndyCar who've worked with us on this. Brian Barnhart, uh, he's been a tremendous asset uh, to have those folks. They're, they're all in this with us, pulling the rope together, and we're going to work together to pr- produce a great event for the entire series.
1: A big thank you to Chris Blair, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of the Gateway Motorsports Park, for joining us this past weekend on the Advanced Auto Parts IndyCar Radio Network. I'm telling you, the folks at Gateway have absolutely worked their tails off promoting the bomberino Auto Group 500 August 26th, Saturday night under the lights at Gateway Motorsports Park. I'm expecting a big crowd. I think the atmosphere is going to be really cool as we go racing one final time on an oval, a freshly paved oval at that. There at Gateway Motorsports Park. It's going to be a lot of fun. And how about an additional storyline? Of course, we're following that championship. Late breaking news Wednesday afternoon. Sebastian Bourdais is back. Three months and six days after fracturing his pelvis and breaking his right hip in a horrifying qualifying accident at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Sebastian Bourdais will return to Verizon IndyCar competition behind the wheel of a Dale Coyne Honda. That is just a fantastic story. And, man, I would love to see Sebastian Bourdais go out there and post a top five, maybe even put that car in victory lane. Uh, What a story and what a comeback for Sebastian Bourdais. A big thank you to Ari Leondyke, Alan Sir Jr., and Michael Andretti for joining us on the podcast this week and giving us their thoughts on racing at Pocono. A wonderful job by Donald Davidson, as always, and the entire IndyCar radio crew. I'm telling you, that race at Pocono was one of the most fun races we've had to call all year long. Tons of action, and I hope you guys enjoyed the highlights and the broadcast all weekend. We will talk to you from Gateway this weekend. Just three races to go on the 2017 Verizon IndyCar calendar. You can hear them all on the Advance Auto Parts IndyCar Radio Network. My name is Nick Yeoman and this has been the IndyCar Radio Weekend Rewind Podcast.